The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's no secret that morals in our culture have been on a downward slide. Pastor Greg Laurie says, stay true to God's word. We live in a time where wrong is perceived as right and right is perceived as wrong. And you might say, well, you know, it's okay because I'm single and I'm lonely. But listen, wrong is wrong, even if you don't get caught. Wrong is wrong, even if others are doing worse things. And listen to this, wrong is wrong, even if it doesn't bother your conscience. This is the day when the lost are found. still small voice, it may grow even quieter. 18th century clergyman Richard South said, guilt upon the conscience, like rust upon iron, both defiles and consumes it, gnawing and creeping into it, and eats out the very heart and substance of the metal. On A New Beginning today, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to listen to our conscience. More accurately, listen to the prompting of the Spirit. Insight today from the life of one of our spiritual forefathers. Well, let's grab our Bibles and let's turn to Genesis chapter 39. And we're in our series that we're calling World Changers based on Hebrews 11. That is a collection of great men and women of the Old Testament that changed their world. And the way they did it was by faith. But in this message, I want to talk about the temptation of a world changer. Because we're going to look at the life of Joseph. If you remember, his life could be divided into three sections. Start, struggle, and success. Start, basically, birth to age 17. A pampered young man, favored by his father, over his brothers, uh, having his amazing dreams, which actually were given to him by God. Then struggle, uh, that's age 17 to 30. And that's what we're going to be looking at in this message to some degree, the struggle he had. And then finally, success, 30 years to death. And so Joseph's world changes overnight. But he was going to find in time his dreams were going to come true. His dreams were others would bow before him, but there was going to be some tough sledding first. He was sent to Egypt. Egypt was a godless place, a completely pagan country filled with religious superstition. They were also given over to gross immorality. And they would build these incredible uh, structures and they would utilize slave labor in their own citizens. So here in this teeming metropolis, this city of wickedness and idolatry, comes Joseph who's really lived a sheltered life. He's only 17 years old. 
He's effectively the country boy coming to the big city and he's purchased by a man named Potiphar identified in verse one as captain of the guard. This meant that he was a high-ranking Egyptian official, a man to be feared. But Joseph wasn't intimidated at all. Why? Verse two, the Lord was with Joseph. In fact, he's so successful that Potiphar's made him his executive assistant. He's second in command. Potiphar's saying, look son, you're, you're over the books. Uh, you're over the house. You're over everyone that works for me. In fact, all I'm worrying about today is what am I having for lunch? And here's what happens now to Joseph. After great success, the devil attacks. Genesis 39, read with me, starting in verse seven. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Potiphar's wife began to look at him lustfully. Come sleep with me, she said. Well, she was far from subtle. But Joseph refused. And he told her, look, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one has more authority than I do. He's held back nothing from me except you because you're his wife. Like, hint, hint, remember you're married? How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Then I would underline that verse. A great sin against God. But she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around. He wanted to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, his coat, demanding, come on, sleep with me. And Joseph tore himself away, but left his cloak in her hand, and he ran from her house. We'll stop there. She did everything to allure him, but in spite of her persistence, in spite of his natural desires and tendencies, in spite of the advancement it could have given his career, in spite of his own miserable background at home, he resisted. How did he do it? Verse nine gives us the answer. He said, how can I do such a wicked thing? It would be a sin against God. Now I know Joseph had had a rough time. He had a rough childhood. He had really mean brothers. He had been taken from his homeland to a foreign place he was living in Egyptian culture, surrounded by uh, Egyptian morals, and he was forced to be a slave, but some things never change, and that includes the Word of God. God's Word does not change. Even if culture changes, God's Word does not change. See, they would say to Joseph, man, go for it. This is an opportunity. But for him, he knew it was wrong. <laughs> we live in a time where wrong is perceived as right and right is perceived as wrong. And you might say, well, you know, it's okay because I'm single and I'm lonely. Or my marriage isn't all that I want it to be. But listen, wrong is wrong, even if you don't get caught. Wrong is wrong, even if others are doing worse things. And listen to this, wrong is wrong, even if it doesn't bother your conscience. Because sometimes people will say, well, you know what, I feel good about this. I feel good about divorcing my husband, though I have no biblical grounds. I feel good about this. I've had people say that to me, by the way. I feel good about having sex with my boyfriend. You know, it's okay, the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm cool. <laughs> Did God actually say that? Yeah, he said, I'm cool. Okay, God didn't say that to you. Because God will not contradict His Word. And you know what you're saying to me in so many words when you make a statement like that? You're saying, my conscience isn't working anymore. You're telling me, my heart has gotten hard. Because if your conscience doesn't show you what you're doing is wrong, that's a problem. 
See, sometimes your conscience can just get messed up. The Bible talks about having your conscience seared as with a hot iron. I have a super powerful iron at home. It's from Europe. It has a steam blast mechanism that is better than any American iron. And I love it. And you fill up the little tank with water. You need a hose to do it. It's so big. No, it's not that big. And a while back I ironed his shirt and there was a wrinkle in the middle. Now a normal rational person would take the shirt off and iron it. But I thought, no, I'll iron it while I'm wearing it. But better yet, oh, why touch that iron to my skin? I'll just give it a blast of steam. So I held the shirt out as far as I could. And I held the iron out and I gave it a blast. And it hit me and I screamed like a little girl. <laughs> so painful, I had a big red welt. But the wrinkle was gone. <laughs> but that night, I was getting ready for bed. My wife looked at me and said, what's that big red welt? I said, don't ask. <laughs> See, our heart can get like that. It can be seared. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. Thanks for joining us. And he's speaking about our conscience today, saying that if we have become desensitized to the voice of our conscience, God can resensitize it. We're looking at the life of Joseph and the importance of listening to hear the voice of God. Let's continue. It's a study called The Temptation of a World Changer. Years ago, I had the privilege of being with Billy Graham in Portland, Oregon, where he just did a crusade. And he had just got done preaching. We got in the car. We're driving out. And I wanted to compliment him. And I said, Billy, that was a great message tonight. And uh, Billy looked at me with those steely blue eyes and he said, it's just gospel. I turned back around. Well, <laughs> just trying to be nice. Uh, but I, I realized he didn't really want to be complimented. So I thought, I'll try again. Because he made this great point in his message. He said, Christ can resensitize your conscience. I love that. So I turned back around. I said, Billy, I love the point when you said, Christ can resensitize your conscience. And Billy said, well, he can. I was like... <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I just stopped trying to compliment him. Maybe that's one of the secrets of his success. He didn't want that praise. But it was true what he said. Christ can resensitize your conscience. Listen to me. If you're doing something right now the Bible says you should not be doing and you don't feel bad about it, you need to pray that God will resensitize your conscience. No, you should not always let your conscience be your guide. Apologies to Jiminy Cricket. Because <laughs> your conscience can mislead you. No, listen. You should always let the Bible be your guide. This is the one absolute you can always stand on and be certain of. But Joseph understood this. All sin was against God. He understood all sin was against God. That's point number four. I love what he says to her. He says... How can I do this thing and sin against God? He did not want to do this thing that would bring dishonor to the Lord. So he ran as fast as he could. Verse 12. I love this. He ran as fast as he could. Sometimes that's the best way to deal with it. It's just real simple. You're getting tempted. So I don't know why I'm always getting tempted. Well, tell me about the last time. Well, I was getting tempted, you know, to have sex with my girlfriend. Wow. Okay. Where were you? Hotel room. What? Yeah, hotel room. You're in a hotel room with her? Yeah. 
where were you in the room? Laying on the bed. Uh huh. And you got tempted? Yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I really struggle with drinking, man. I'm an alcoholic and I can't drink. I just fall off the wagon and it's insane. I really got tempted the other night. Yeah, I didn't see you at church the other night. Where were you? In a bar. Why would you hang out in a bar? Amazing chicken wings in this bar. And they have the screens. You can watch the sports. Okay, really? Are you that stupid? You got to stay away from those things in areas where you are vulnerable. Okay, it's as simple as that. And sometimes you just need to run as fast as you can. Joseph's no to her was a yes to God. Think of it this way. Let's see you're walking along through a field and you see a coiled rattlesnake. The little rattler is going, poised and ready to strike. What do you do? Well, I think it's always good to let a snake smell your hand like a dog. No. Maybe just pet it on the head. No. What's the best thing to do? Turn around and run. Run and get away from the rattlesnake. That's the way you deal with sin. Put as much distance between it and you as you possibly can. So Joseph refused and then he was blessed as a result as we will see. Listen, there is a blessing waiting for the man or woman who resists temptation. I know it's hard in the moment. I know the pressure is on. I know you're saying this is not easy, but you say no to it, and then it passes. It'll come again, but it passes. And you'll be blessed because James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those that love him. The word blessed could just as easily be translated, happy is the man or the woman who resists temptation. So let's recap and conclude. Number one, Everyone will be tempted. And remember again, temptation is not a sin. It's a call to battle. Number two, there are consequences to sin. No matter how clever you've been covering it up, it will come out. Number three, God's standards are absolute. They don't change. It doesn't matter if what you're being tempted to do is socially acceptable or if everybody is doing it. God holds us to a higher standard. Number four, all sin is against God. All sin is against God. And our love for God is our greatest deterrent against sin. Joseph loved the Lord. He said, hey, I can't do this thing and sin against the Lord. Hey, maybe you're living in an ungodly place right now. In your home, maybe you're the only believer in the family. Or maybe in your classroom, you're the person, the teacher or the professor will often make jokes about because of your faith in God. Or in your workplace, you're the one person that believes. And so you know what it's like to be in a wicked place. And you say, it's hard, man. I'm surrounded by temptation day and night. I don't think that I can stay pure in a place like this. Well, Joseph was able to. Let me tell you about another young person that resisted temptation. Her name was Mary. And she was the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess where Mary lived? In Nazareth. Nazareth was a wicked city. It was renowned for wickedness. That's why Nathaniel said, when hearing Christ was from Nazareth, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Let's say Jesus were born today. Where do you think he'd be born? If it wasn't prophesied specifically, we'd say, well, he might be born in Rome or he might be born in Paris or he might be born in some important city. What would you do if you found out the Messiah was born in Las Vegas? Jesus of Las Vegas. 
you'd say, what? Now I know the king used to be there, thank you very much, but <laughs> the king of kings from Vegas? Well, can any good thing come out of Las Vegas? And why would you say that? Because Las Vegas is called Sin City. Nazareth was Sin City. And there lived Mary, a godly woman in an ungodly place, a pure girl in an impure place. And she was faithful. And the Lord handpicked her to have the greatest privilege of any woman who ever walked the face of the earth to bear in her womb the very Son of God. And when Gabriel came to Mary there in Nazareth, he said, greetings, Mary. You're gonna give birth to a son and you'll name him Jesus and he'll save his people from their sins. Oh, that's why Jesus came. And that's why the devil tried to stop him. That's why the devil came in the temptation of the wilderness and said, don't go to the cross. I'll give you what you want. That's why he hit him again at the cross. Come down from there and save yourself because Satan knew when Christ died for the sin of the world, we would all have access to God and he did not want that. But Jesus did that for you. Jesus died on that cross for you. And then he rose again from the dead. And listen to this. He's here with us right now in this place, knocking at the door of our lives, saying if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. And here's my question. Do you have a personal relationship with God? Is Christ living in you? Maybe you've tried to resist temptation, but you don't feel like you have any resolve or any strength. Or maybe you just need the Lord in your life. This is not about being religious. This is a relationship. And you can know God in a personal way and have all of your sin forgiven. There might be some of you here who are struggling in sin. You know, you're a believer, but you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. And, and this would be a great opportunity for you to repent of that and get right with God. So in a moment we're gonna pray and I'm gonna give an opportunity for you to ask Christ to come into your life an opportunity for you to come back to him if you're living a compromised life. This would be a great time to make this commitment as we all bow our heads. Everybody praying with me, please, wherever you are. Father, thank you for your word to us. Lord, we wanna live godly lives. We wanna be godly men like Joseph, godly girls like Mary. And Lord, we pray for those here that don't know you. Help them to see how much they need you. Help them to come to you and believe in you, we would ask. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if you'd like to make the kind of change he's just talked about in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you to do that. And today is a great day to do it. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin and I turn from it now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. 
as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Greg, we'd love to help you by sending something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It's a great way to get started living as a Christian. We'd be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-005011. Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg opens up the next chapter in the story of Joseph. We'll see one of Joseph's greatest virtues was his willingness to forgive, and that virtue was put to the test. Join us at the same time tomorrow. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Temptation of a World Changer. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-005011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.